little sparks from the flames of the throne. The only way we burn is from the throne. So we burn, we burn, we burn, we burn.
Isaiah 23, verse 17, at the end of 70 years, the Lord will revive Tyre. She will start making money again by selling her services to all the earth's kingdoms. Her profits and earnings will be set apart for the Lord. They will not be stored up or accumulated for her profits. Will be given to those who live in the Lord's presence and will be used to purchase large quantities of food and beautiful clothing. Fear. 
cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night. Through the baptism of the Red Sea, on the bottom of the Red Sea. Out of your word, we never make it out alive. You've given it, and you're not a man that you should lie. So we arm ourselves with praise and with the word of Christ. Would you come? what we think come past come past come past oh come past what we think is pretty and neat oh come past come past <laughs> Your words 
I don't go away I can't send help or comfort Deuteronomy 8, 7. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. A land of brooks, springs, and fountains flowing forth in valleys and hills. A land of wheat, barley, vines, fig trees, and pomegranates. Of olive trees and honey. A land where you may eat food in plenty and find no lack of anything. A land whose stones are iron and from whose hills you can mine copper. You will eat your fill and you will praise the Lord, your God, because the good land he has given you. Psalms 42.7, one deep, one deep stream is calling out to another at the sound of your waterfalls. All your billows and all your waves are overwhelming me. By day the Lord decrees his loyal love, and by night he gives me a song, a prayer to the living God. I pray to you, God, the God of the high ridge, the God of the tower, the God who's our stronghold. My God. Emperor triumphant, leader of my soul, my life, my everything. My God. One, one, one. I've come to know the glory, the majesty, all honor to you, Lord. 
Our essence. Our life, our life, our life, our life. Praise to the Lord. Isaiah 62, 2, nations will see your righteousness and all kings your glory. You'll be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will bestow. You will be 
a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord, a royal diadem in the palm of your God. No longer will you be called forsaken, and no longer your land will be named desolate. But you will be called Hephzibah, and your land Beulah. For the Lord takes delight in you. And your land will be his bride.
Jesus did
I just wanted to share off the verses that Carol spoke in the beginning. I think it was Isaiah about um, Tyre being able to be back in business, and then the Lord's people were going to be blessed through that provision. And it was specifically, he said, beautiful clothing would be given. That's how I heard it. I'm not sure the, the, the wording. But just at the beginning of this service, um, Robin and I were talking, and, and she mentioned something about my clothing. And I think I just told this at our ladies group, is that 10 years ago or so, when I had young kids, I couldn't even think of shopping. Like, it wasn't even possible when you're... And I, um, and we didn't have a lot of funds at that time, so it just, you just wore what you had, and I was fine with that. But this neighbor moved in, and I don't even think she was a believer. I tried to be there for her. She couldn't hear, so she was signing, and I was talking slow so she could read my lips. But she would bring me boxes and boxes of clothing. I mean, it was... It was extravagant. It wasn't just a little bit. It was like uh, free people, like a $120 shirt, uh, uh, you know, a shirt, and um, bags from Spain, and leather goods, and um, boxes of boots, like Ugg boots. Like, like it wasn't just um, getting by clothing. It was a blessing from the Lord, and I took that as that, that he even knew me. He knew my style, and he was providing something for me. And, and it was interesting that Robin and I were talking about that just prior in those verses about God providing beautiful clothing. I just feel like he really, and then the one about land, like the land that provides all the needs that we would need. He spoke of that. I just feel like he wants us to feel loved and provided for individually in our like desires that he fulfills. So I just felt that was a confirmation yeah, um, that verse that you spoke of, and it, and it was clothing that fit you too, and yeah, yes, it did. Jeans that fit me from like Jeans the Banana Republic. You. I mean, it's amazing. I had so much clothing that I was giving it away to my friends and people. I had so much. Yeah. And jeans that fit are hard to find when I go out to shop for them. They're hard to yeah. find. And here they were coming to my door. And I mean, so God knew I didn't even have the energy to do that. It was just a provision that was beyond my, like even my faith. I didn't know. I didn't think at that time he cared that much about that, but mm -hmm. he really, I really felt loved. So I just wow. wanted to share that yeah. care of, in those little details. Thank you, Kelly. Yeah, um, you have a clothing testimony. Okay, let's hear your clothing testimony, Elizabeth. Come up, come up, come up here and do it on the mic, cause, so we can hear you really well. We have another clothing testimony. <laughs> the Lord's been taking me to a new. The Lord's been taking me to a new level of trust in him for provision and Thursday. Is Janie here? I don't think so. Oh, that's not. But Janie and I went thrifting, and I spent down my savings account on these beautiful clothes, and the Lord kept encouraging me. He wanted me to trust him. Are you going to trust me? And that was on Thursday. And, huh. and the scarf I'm wearing is part of the booty. <laughs> All right. Anybody else having clothing testimonies? <laughs> I, 
I mean, you have clothing testimony? You want to share that? Yeah, come on, let's hear your clothing testimony. No, it's not crazy. I Let me see here. So, so the, the reference on this, this, this is really, uh, thank you everyone for, thank you for testifying about clothing. Because you can ask Kara, I've been into this whole thing about clothing this whole week. I, I kid you not, have I not? Or in this last week, right? Well, we've been in this thing with clothing for a long time. And maybe this helps me to understand what the Holy Spirit is saying today to us. But I mean, look at this passage again in Isaiah, Isaiah 23. I suppose I'll come down for Starfield Astrocyte. <laughs> today, um, our, our event name was, is uh, Quiddity which is, you know, obviously an odd word. And I was asking the Holy Spirit up there, I was like, how do I tie this in? How do I tie quiddity in? As uh, it's a word that I woke up in the middle of the night with the Lord and things, and he has us on this cue language. I'm asking him, how, how do you want us to go forward with where we're at in this uh, place anyway? So, you know, these odd cue words that you're hearing come out like quake reversal or qualia or... Uh, you know, today, quiddity, uh, but they really do uh, connect together. And a quake reversal, remember, is like a point, like to be at a point, but to um, go out in every other, in every direction, or to, in a way, to radiate uh, from a fixed point. And then um, qualia, as we spoke about that a little bit last week, is, is subjective experiences that you have a feeling or an emotion that you might you might experience in the midst of um, encounter with another person or situation in your life, and and you're connecting with it, but you can't necessarily always describe it, or you may be able to describe it, but qualia is like a field around you, and you're picking up something in in a subjective experience. Someone that's really well versed in this is Anne Nolan, Queen Anne. She she has the ability to take um, her subjective experience and isolate it and, you know, because she shared things with us, Kara and I before, and isolate out subjective experience and then bring it into an understanding. She picks up on things in this room and people and where you're at and things. And I don't doubt that many of you that are trained in the, with the Lord uh, begin to um, experience a realm that's around you and you're, you, you know, you're picking up feeds and you're picking up information. And uh, what I was getting at last week, and I'll try to begin to bring this out, uh, is how, how that God, when he made us with our, within our capacity of our, our brain, this gray matter that we have, that he gave us the capacity to be able to understand um, his mind as it relates to, let's say, a celestial atmosphere that's around us. And that we can, in this sense, like quake reversal, we can begin to apprehend the mind of God or the mind of Christ. 
think of it like this, that you're giving a, a brain that's a part of your material matter, or you, you've heard me talk about your, uh, our terrestrial matter, but you're also um, giving it access into a celestial atmosphere that's around you. And when Adam was and Eve were in the garden, but pre-fall, Adam and Eve were able to access the celestial material that was around them uh, so much so that they were integrated with what God was doing around them. And so due to the fall, many of us uh, became disconnected from the celestial terrestrial connection. And the Lord in the restoration of man and woman is bringing us back to the connection or these, what you heard me speak of last week, double connotation, where you can connect with him in relation to him and access what heaven's, the reality of what heaven is saying um, around us. We have this capacity within us as people. And so, um, so much of, um, of life has sort of kept us in, kept so many in a worldly kind of sense where access into that realm is not, uh, it's, it's being like shut off. And then another way to think of this would be that other people uh, haven't just like been closed off from it or what, you know, some people use this word like this or phrase closed mindedness, but also have manipulated that atmosphere uh, or that's around them and used it for their own gain uh, in an inappropriate way. But our um, father wants us to access the realm uh, of heaven or the celestial that's around us that's and penetrate it and uh, find the double or triple proofs out of a place of rest and out of a place of real satisfaction in him and peace. I think, Janie, I think you put something up on Team Reese this week that's very similar to what I'm saying. And, and you guys, if you want to read what Janie has written for us to, to look at. And so, um, so as you come into this quake reversal, a point that can go in any direction, not fixated into, let's say like a, these words are just coming in my mind. I'm just going to say whatever's in my, what's coming. But like a standard lock or something that's locking you in place uh, in a sense where you can't move. The Lord wanted us in a, demonstrate us, you know, running around this thing. He wants us in a very free flow dynamic and free flow dynamic in the Lord relates and only works again out of rest. And so rest is no anxiety and it's not based in um, position. Any of you have any experience with quantum mechanics or a little bit of understanding quantum mechanics? Just in real, real, I mean, it's real layman because that's all I would be in it, but in, in, um, quantum mechanics, they found out that if you observed a particle, if, if you were looked at a particle, you would freeze the particle in position, it would not move. But if it, somehow you were able to move your eyes away from the particle, the particle would become a wave. And so that's a very simple component of, of, of uh, the way quantum mechanics works. And so if I observe something or I freeze into position, if, I, if I'm looking at a problem, if I'm um, looking uh, into a freeze component into a position, or if I'm attempting to just get 
my mind around something and like hold my mind there, um, it, it basically stops the free flow of the wave. Uh, you know, things come into our mind, that problems come in and they, the problems position particle to freeze us, to freeze the reality that can move around us, which would be this waveform. And that is why we're, I believe God made us where we're so dependent on worship. Um, the necessity of worshiping him so that when we move into that and you experience this in these events and um, hopefully you experience this in your life, that you move into a place of real seated rest in, in the Lord. And it's out of that that the wave function begins to move. And you'll experience that um, that dynamic of life that is flowing through you and, and um, back to him. And so like, let's look at this. And I mentioned this uh, last year, but I'll just bring this up again, Romans eleven thirty six. So let's back up just a little bit. Um, verse 30, 32, for God has consigned all people to disobedience so that he may show mercy uh, to them all. Now that, that verse itself is very uh, phenomenal to think about. That God had consigned man to disobedience so that he might show mercy to them all. Um, interestingly enough, it, it seems that the Lord has created a way back to him through uh, our misactivity or the actions that we do that aren't correct so that he can give us mercy. It's a really different way of doing things. But I don't think that God could bring us back to himself. Uh, apparently, he couldn't uh, draw us back to him because we would have keep going away from him. But when we need mercy and we need something back from him um, because of wrong action, it causes us to draw close to him. I, I, I'll say this, some of my closest times with my children have been in their discipline. And that maybe they would say that, I don't know, but some of the closest times I had with my, my dad sitting here was in the discipline. Um, it was when I actually sinned against my family and dad would come and you know I would get a spanking uh, with his belt or a hickory stick back then. I don't know if they still have those. Um, or a paddle, and then, then he'd bring me close to him and give me a, a hug. A lot of times, set me on his lap, telling me, I love you, Carol, and we're going to move on from this. And that, that was the disciplinary tactic of my dad. And it endeared me to him for some reason. You know, I would be mad at first, just to be honest. Please, I don't want another one. I had enough of those. Uh, just to be endeared, just for endearment today, for endearment purposes. <laughs> But that God has in his sovereign will, and it's, it's hard for a human to understand this, assigned everyone to, uh, to disobedience so that he could draw us back to himself. Almost like um, that that wouldn't make sense to us. And so, you know, Paul says, all the depths of the riches of his wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and fathomless are his ways. And the reasoning behind why the Lord would allow the tree of knowledge of good and evil to be in the midst of the garden and do not eat from this tree for in the day that you do, you shall surely die knowing that man is going to say, if you tell me I can't have something, that's the very thing I want. You know, don't tell me I can't have it. So that, that's what I want. And the Lord already knows that's in our nature. And so he knows that what's going to happen. 
But in the grand purpose of the Lord, even in the disobedience of Adam and Eve, the Lord was creating a way back to himself. And even in the midst of disobedience, I think uh, so that he could show, him, show mercy. Hopefully you can hear this about our father who's been drawing us through uh, the minutia of the sin and the iniquities in our life, drawing us closer and closer to himself. And again, uh, granting us mercy when we don't deserve it. It endears us towards him because we, when you really realize the travesty of our, our wrongdoing and the, the mode of uh, all the filters and all the onion skin, I don't know what it is, but the things that have been on us, that he's peeling one layer and another layer and in the middle of that is setting up this dynamic relationship that has um, specificity to it and beauty in it. And um, I can't believe you would do that for me. Uh, anyone in here ever been extended mercy by someone else? It's, one, it's, it's um, when you've done wrong and you knew it. That someone's, you've done someone else wrong or sinned against them and you know it. And that person uh, turns to you and just extends mercy to you and forgives you. It is one of the most powerful agents of um, a connection. It draws you and you, you won't forget these people normally, the one I know that I did wrong and you forgave me. Uh, you put your arm around you and, and you gave something back to me. I was wrong to you. And this uh, deep confession like that and this connection happens almost like you're, it's like, I would use this language because it gets at what you're saying, Kelly and Elizabeth and Josephine, it's being cut into a new cloth. Because what happened in the fall, what happened in the fall is mankind began to cover themselves and collude themselves in all these protective barriers of, of clothing and uh, taste and style is really a self-protection layered with uh, all kinds of things that we, you know, mankind built barrier, wall, barrier, wall, barrier, walls for self-protect, to self-protect or to isolate, uh, to withdraw from uh, themselves to not feel uncomfortable anymore in our own skin. I have to admit, I felt this most of my whole life. I felt, just put me in a F-15 Strike Eagle with one other guy and we'll fly that thing over Operation Iraqi Freedom or Operation Enduring Freedom and we'll blow those guys to bits. <laughs> That's where I was at because of the over layers and layer after layer, a layer of, of mechanistic mindset clothing, convoluted clothing, trying to protect the human consciousness, protect your own self from someone else's self who's interfering with that self. And so what has the Lord done here in Romans 11? He's saying, I set up something so that when you do something wrong, I'm going to, and you admit it, I'm going to create a, a place of mercy for you so that I can peel back another layer of your, um, let's call this conscious or subconscious projections of protecting yourself. I'm going to pull back another layer off 
and it bring you into a new place of exposure. Because ultimately, uh, the Lord, and it, this is what is tough with many of us, is when this exposure begins to come to us, we want to run away from it. We want to pull, pull away. I don't like the way this feels. I don't, I don't know how to actually identify myself anymore either. Another peeling away in a new identity, a new um, self, a new understanding of who you are and how you relate uh, to others begins to manifest itself. Is who is this person? I mean, who is who is this person? Who is this person, Kelly Victory? I mean, who is she? And and so I, we long to be known. And we long to um, have an expression of who we are that someone deeply, intimately would be able to know deep down inside what is going on inside there. <laughs> I got some like really personal examples, but I don't know if I'll share them. But I'm thinking maybe they would be kind of funny for y'all, but they've been sort of interesting to me. I, I was um, uh, sharing this with Kara this week and I'm going to try to express this the best way I know how, but I have, my words are coming short on this, but I'll try to do it. It's almost like you live your whole life or the life that you've lived so far. It's maybe it's not your whole life. Obviously it's not because you wouldn't be still sitting here, but you live your life and um, the exposure comes, you allow the Holy Spirit to begin to peel another part away and you're finding out things about yourself that you had uh, no way to connect to an external reality, like an internal components of who you really are didn't used to have a way to interface them. Like you knew something deep down inside was not fully connecting to the reality of your external world, but your internal world was saying something else. Your external world was not fully integrated with what was in your internal world. But you didn't know, almost like you and I were blind to who we really uh, are. So we took on, and you've heard me talk about this, other people's personas or other understanding of what other people thought about ourselves. So we either came out and said, this is who I am, get used to it. Or we tried to collude ourselves into someone else's persona and become someone else the way that that self would accept ourselves. And, and the function of the Lord here in consigning us to disobedience so that he could show us mercy was so that I can, again, take the, uh, the layer and bring another exposure and bring the self's identity that he made you to be into full reality, a full reality where the celestial or the divine nature of God would integrate with the, your natural humanity. And there could be like this full connection. And some of you have been brave enough to say, I'm going for it. You know, I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm, not going to, I'm not going to embrace an identity other than the one the Lord created me to be. Standard starting point of this message is that is what I believe that our father is after. 
is the essential self that he made you to be in union with himself and that the most powerful human being that will ever live is the one who is agreeing full-heartedly with what the Father and his essence moving through your essence has decided for you to be. That any other co-opting of the self that he made you to be, any other trying to measure it against someone else's self is a self that you cannot be and even our father will not agree with. And so um, in that way, you know, he says to me, you want affliction or affection? I was like, I want affection, I need affection. You want mercy or do you want wrath? I want mercy. Then be who I told you you are. But that's too, that's amazing, <laughs> you know. That's amazing. It's, 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 a, it's incomprehensible. Do you believe it? Do you believe who I, who I am in you? Do you believe me? Then act like it. Then live like you do. Actually, actually let me lead you down that path to live exactly the way that I created you to be. And don't take any other um, path. Because that's the path where rest will be and where real peace will be and where real satisfaction will be. And yes, it's going to feel like that you've been exposed because it's an, you may feel a little odd stepping out into who you really are. Now, mind you, the world's doing this. I mean, instead of transfiguration, they're doing transgenderism, you know? They're taking and putting into the body what God put into the soul and deciding for themselves instead of letting the father decide. Because the father is the determiner of the self that you are. His nature being, um, again, wanting his nature to fully integrate with yourself. Now, I want to say this because it's taken me, I, I've been in this a long time now. I don't know, I don't know, it may have started a long time, but... Ever since I left the Air Force with Kara, I've been pretty much set in this mode. I'm not going to do, it was, it was hard for me to say, if I'm, not an, if I'm not a pilot and I'm not going to fly jets for the Air, uh, Air Force and, that's not, and I'm not gonna be an astronaut, then whatever I am, it, no matter how hard it is, no matter what it is, no matter how hard, I'm going to find out who this person is. And I'm going to live it. And when the Holy Spirit started coming with these double connotations of me and started saying, this is what I'm saying to you. And everything else is trying to tell me that is not true. Now, I, I started becoming stubborn about this. I'm not changing my mind. And I've learned now, and I'm on the other side of a long series with Kara. I'm, we've been on a long series in this. And I'm telling I tell you as a testimony, it is worth it. It's worth allowing the Father to determine your destiny and who you are and to begin to allow for him to unpack it no matter how tough the exposure is. No matter how much you feel like, this is a, I'm an odd duck, <laughs> you know. And from one odd duck to a bunch of other odd ducks, you know, you peculiar people, <laughs> very specially made by the Lord, uh, let the exposure come and let the unpacking of who you really are 
so that we can't be put into some kind of static form. God's kindness uh, says towards you, provided you continue in his kindness, otherwise you will be cut off. I, you know, it sounds kind of rude to say that, but he's saying all you have to do is continue in his kindness. <laughs> it, that's not rude, is it? Do you know what text says? It says his kindness what? If you continue in the kindness of the father, you will not be cut off. Yeah, that's not hard. It's good. It's not hard. It, so when the Lord comes to you and he begins to move on you to transition, allow more exposure, to pull you into something you've never been in before. And it, his kindness is, is the net result of, of that process. It's, it's um, his extravagant love towards you. You know, if, if you pull the left and you say, oh, you don't care about me. I feel sorry for myself and you get into self-pity. Or, you know, I'm a big shot and I'll figure it out on my own. If you do either one of those guys, you won't experience kindness. You will experience feeling cut off. But if you get in the kindness flow, oh, it's glorious. It's restful. It's not hard. Your, your life situation doesn't have to be bad. It doesn't have to be like, I've spent a lot of mine like, boom, okay, that's not, that's not the way it is. And over here, bam, you know, I'm trying to do it myself. It's like, no, just get in the kindness of the Father's flow towards you. I'm loving in you, uh, delighting in you. You know, let me say that if, if it's not producing delight, you might want to question it. If it's producing anxiety, if, if it's producing arrogance or anxiety, you might want to throw it into question. I mean, throw the whole thing into question. Like ask questions of the Holy Spirit. Like if I'm experiencing a tremendous amount of anxiety in this situation, maybe I'm, my direction in it is off. Or if I'm experiencing arrogance and I'm, you know, I'm better than you and I can figure it out on you and I'm, 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 I'm awesome and it's bumping you, question, question it, come back to kindness because you will not be cut off in that way. You'll find this kindness will pull you through. Now, let me say, in his kindness, you will find that it's highly dynamic. It is not static. And so it, you may feel fear, you may experience emotions that are just like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I just want to go ahead and tell you, you may feel vulnerable. But it's better to be in a place of vulnerability and kindness than it is to be in arrogance and anxiety, thinking that you know everything or that you know better. I find this with the Father. It's like from one kind act to another. It's like... Instead of looking at our father retributively, meaning that if I don't get it right, he's going to get me. Maybe we should look at the father like, I'm looking for the next reward. I'm kind of excited. I wonder what the next thing's going to be. He's got something special planned for me. He loves me. 
And he loves all these wonderful friends I have too. And I love them too. What's the next reward? What's my next scarf? <laughs> you know, I got this special scarf. You know, what's my next Ralph Warren uh, clothing choice that he has picked out for me? Whatever, the $120 shirt. I mean, who knows what he has, but I found out from our father that he's like this. I found him more akin to, I can't wait to like bless them and take care of them. I want to do this for you. I always wanted to do it for you. I'm going to take the guy um, on the, Jesus says, my father's always working, raise the guy up off his uh, mat. He was, all Jesus was going around was doing good to people. He's just trying to be uh, as good as he could be to everybody. That's the nature of the father. And the nature of the father is that he wants to extend mercy. He's like waiting for just an opportunity. And so our father, this is his nature. It's sort of like you could really, um, you could just, all right, do this, like take a deep breath. Everything's going to be fine. (laughs) It's going to be fine because I'm looking for the kindness and it's leading me to course corrections, which are, is called repentance. Okay. Yep. Um, well, I'm quite reversal because now I have a throne in me. So I, well, I'm going this degree. Now I'm going over here. Nope. I'm going this way. That's repentance. And I'm, now we're in this highly dynamic relationship with the father. And so he goes on and, and he says this, his judgments are unsearchable and fathomless are his ways. What does this mean? His judgments are unsearchable. It's, a, it's the very thing. It's the very th- thing in the, in the fall that man wanted to do. Man wanted to decide. But God's judgments, it says here, are, are uh, how unsearchable are them? Are they? Excuse me. If I'm like saying if his ways are unsearchable, then I'm, I'm coming into a place where I'm letting him decide. And so if I can't figure out his judgment on a matter, then I'm letting him decide and it's coming right here to my face. Maybe coming through my face because I'm not like doing this, trying to find him there. I'm finding him here looking out. It's, it's a transition of, because someone who's searching for something's, you know, Eureka, I found it. There it is. But if his ways are unsearchable, then I need a different profile connection, the way that I'm oriented. Because to search would be to look out there, to become like him. And this gets at this uh, quiddity, which means essence, the very essence of God. It's coming in here and then seeing what he's doing. Uh, Billy Graham, I think it's at the cove at the uh, little chapel there. Billy Graham said this statement and uh, I was with uh, Jeff Manning like over a decade ago when we went in there. I really love this phrase. Billy Graham said, he says, and I'm gonna paraphrase it. I don't know if I'll hit it just right, but I was an observer watching God at work. That's the orientation. I, I became an observer of him actually doing things. So the observation point changes. 
and his ways are fathomless, meaning that we're never going to exhaust God's idea or the way that he does something. Uh, I love this about him, and I'm sure you do too if you come along with him and you hang out with him for any time, you'll find out that he has all kinds of ways of doing things. We try to pin the word down in our mind. Have any of you ever noticed that you have a way, or even if God himself has done something in your life previously and it happened a certain way, and so you're expecting him the next time you move out and trust him, it'll be the same way. Have you discovered that it, I mean, has it ever been? If you pin it down into a way, okay, that's the way he's going to work in this next, you don't know. It's, um, you might as well go ahead and say, it's fathomless his ways. Like a fathom as deep as it could be, the way he could do something will not be necessarily according to the way we think it would be. Again, this kind of text, it just throws us right into dependency and vulnerability. (laughs) But we can just do this. Well, the father's kind. He wants to extend mercy uh, to me because he really likes me. He wants me to become my real essential self, um, him himself expressing his life through me. I can go ahead and say that my orientation isn't like out there. My orientation is in here and I'm going to change my orientation and I'm going to uh, and then I'm going to accept that I can't come up with a way he's going to solve the next solution or problem. And it's not up to me to figure it out off past precedents. Um, and now you're in this highly dynamic thing with him. And then Paul goes on to say, for, I mean, who's known the not mind of the Lord? Who has been his uh, counselor? Who has first given to God that God needs to repay him? Who knows ahead of time what God is thinking about a particular situation? Um, I, think, I think it's a rhetorical question, no one. Or who can give a counsel? Who knows how to give counsel to God? No one does. And has anyone ever given anything to God that God owes you anything? It brings us to a real place of just awe, I think. It's awe and the wonder of the Lord. Now, I, I was thinking about quiddity and qualia and because I have to think about what is it that you're saying? What is this Starfield astrocyte? Astrocyte being a cell type that's in your central nervous system. Astrocyte also being a place where astro, like heaven, sight, which is spelled C-Y-T-E in anatomy, but like an S-I-T-E, an astrocyte in, in the earth, star and field. What are you trying to say, Lord? How do you, and and finding these words from him, because he's the one who's telling me these are the words and this is the sequence that they go in. So so what I think he's saying is, I want all the exposure to come. I want to peel back all of the conscious blocks off of my sons and daughters. And I want a full conscious awareness of me interacting with you. 
So much so that I have a full dynamic life, yours, that I can fully integrate with and relate to, and we can go and we can do all kinds of things together. And I'm breaking down these words like qualia because they're phenomenological, meaning they're a phenomenon around you, and I want you to connect to them, and I want you to see me speaking to you as you're connecting to what I'm doing and you're seeing what I'm saying and you follow me, you come in that way with me and you do what Paul says, you live and move and you have your being in me. And in this way, quitted to you, your essential essence is represented. My essential essence by my presence is living in you. I, I have access to you. I, um, I found this white paper this week. I don't know how I found it. I don't know how I find half this stuff, but I think I'm being led by the spirit. <laughs> and it's like early in the morning and I'm taken to this white paper. I haven't put it up on team reach cause I didn't know how some of you respond to it. And I will put it up now that I po- spoke publicly about it, but it's a, it's a, I think he's a physicist, um, did a paper uh, last year on how literally what I've been speaking about, because I've been asking the Holy Spirit, do you have more information on this? Because I don't, I have it in the word, but, I, but the scientist basically breaks down how that they have figured out something that's, sit, that's around man uh, in the quantum realm, and they call it a torus, which is some kind of circular aspect, and it relates to the human, the human brain. And they get into words like qualia and quiddity in these papers, not this particular paper, but they're using the same kind of language I didn't even know. And saying how that we can relate to, and they said, we don't know what it is. And I was like, I know who he is, but there's this relationship that, that we can have. And um, that's where their interest mostly lies. And I want to say this because the interest of our father is even more exp- expansive than even their interest in seeing that that is something that is going on. Our interest of our father is, and hopefully you can hear this, is that when you interact with him in that realm, it isn't just for information. And I I know y'all know this, but this is so important. It's for uh, transfiguration. This material that is going on that is that when we access by qualia, qualia, by these phenomenal experiences, they're not just abstractions or abstract ideas or just information theory floating all around us. The very profound thing about this is, and in this ministry, we've been involved in this for some time, is extracting material out of the celestial realm and putting, I've been trying to put words around it with the Father of how a, a celestial body integrates with a terrestrial body. But with our father, and this is fascinating, with that material when associated rightly with um, upfits the human consciousness. It's like, it's not just information. It's, um, it's transformational. It changes your very nature. You know, the heavenly material is, again, is not just you're so heavenly minded, like just ideas. What we're doing here in the pioneering work of towards the glorification of man is not just idea driven. 
It's, it's not. It's, it's a literal life of God integrating with his people to transform, transfigure, and glorify our humanity. And that's something that science is delving into too. They're looking at it, but they don't, I don't think they understand it. And I'm not saying I understand it. I just know that it is. The Lord, when he's talking to us within this, and I just get down to where we're at, like Star Child X. And I tried, I was like, what is this Star Child X and Star Child M? And the Lord's like, it's, a, it's an operate, it's a, it's the hardware, Star Child X is the hardware of your humanity to uh, put a brand new hardware inside of your human form, in your soul. And Star Child M is the software. Um, Anthony said this, he said, it's been downloaded, but it hasn't been installed yet. And to bring this into just where we're at as a ministry, the Holy Spirit's been speaking to me. He said, I'm installing this Star Child M, which is just a brilliant piece of work. It, uh, it was nine months exactly to the day. It took 34 weeks. It, all the names and what is provided there is phenomenal in what the Lord has for us. You can go back to Acts 2M144 and listen to it, but it's incredible what the Lord is saying. I can put back into you all the components that was lost in the fall. I can completely reintegrate your entire soul with an upload, just like we do in operating systems and software within computers. He has this capacity to basically build a program and install it into our humanity. And that's what he's been doing with us. He's installing a hardware and a software upgrade. It took us almost... I don't know, Karen and I, almost 17 years to receive the hardware upgrade, uh, components of the hardware upgrade. And now we've been in the middle of, since Collider began and the Lord built, built the whole thing, which I went through, built it out of the heavens through this phenomenological qualia that I was taught early on, on how to perceive outside of um, space time or whatever, and bring this material into, to give this material to his people. And this is so exciting. It's very, very particular that the Holy Spirit is wanting to restore all things in, for uh, humanity. It's, it's one of the greatest things that, that gives glory to um, the Father and, it's, and it really honors what Jesus did at the cross. And he has this, again, a program. Uh, he calls it Star Child. The Lord calls it that and say, I want to give this to my people. All I'm asking you to do is remember that I'm kind. I mean, that's what he's saying to us. Remember I'm kind, come into a place of rest because I'll tell you this, I've experienced this through the years. There's a, there's a suspension in yourself and, and sometimes it can feel confusing, but there's suspension in yourself when the Lord begins to move on you to give you this material. What I mean is at first you may feel this exposure come to you. Like, and we don't all react to it very well. I mean, when Jesus was trying to give the disciples the robe, the crown and, the, and bless them with everything, they would try to throw him off a cliff. Just saying that humans don't normally react very well even to the greatest gifts. What I'm getting at here is the Lord's wanting to give 
an internal update, upgrade, a transfigured update into his people to completely transform your humanity onto a glorified body. This is his interest with this ministry and where this ministry is headed. It's, and we will complete what, with him what has begun. But we, I want to say this because we don't always react too well uh, to a God who comes near because the first thing you experience is this exposure. Uh-uh. And we can become, uh, some people get really angry and some people get really afraid. And some people do both. <laughs> but every time the Lord's ever come near, and eventually, I I'll say, I believe this, eventually, you'll put your hands behind your back. You'll just take a deep breath and you'll rest in him and his peace will come over your being and won't be this war when he's coming in close to you to give you himself. You will find that you will come into greater and greater realms of rest. You know why? Because every time he comes near, he's giving you more of himself and more of himself is a Sabbath. And so eventually the, I'm blaming you, I'm angry. You know, it slows down because every time he comes near, you're becoming more like him. And then you can't help it to enter into this, what is where we're headed is perpetual Sabbath. Just a complete and utter sense of who the Lord is and who you are in him and everything is good. Now, the invitation is allow another layer and don't be surprised if another layer and then another layer. Ah, Bob. Oh, that, oh man, I didn't know. Just let him come near. Invite him. Uh, invite him. Uh, Hear now that his essential essence, the very essence of God would, would take over and take up residence. Uh, this ministry, um, just telling Stephen up there, we have to shift. We're coming to an end point here. Here. And I, you know, I found out, I've been finding out over the last two weeks. And oh man, I felt the exposure last week. I, it was so, because the Lord's speaking to me up there. I didn't tell y'all what he's saying to me exactly. I told you part of what he was saying. I didn't tell you the whole thing, but I said, oh Lord, you're, he said, yes, um, the exposure is going to have to be more. Uh, it gets to Pete Lineker's word that there's going to have to be a transition. It starts at 12.8, which began Hanukkah. Uh, the rededication or the rebirth of, uh, of all of us, of the star child. But um, this ministry has to go outside of this, um, this room. It, it has to. And today the Lord spoke to me up there and he said, um, you've come to a point of terminus or you've come to a terminus. And some of y'all probably feel that, you can tell, you under, you're, you're already sensed that and you know. So I just wanted to be open and candid about it. And I wanted to ask you to please pray because I've been given some direction, a little, like here's just like one little thing to do, but go do that. We won't meet here next week. And it, it's up in the air about the very last day of the month or whether we'll meet here. But I just want to be clear about that because I have to make a change because 
the spirit up there is bearing witness to me saying, if you'll trust me and make the change, I've found a place of completion in this experience here and I want to carry it, the Lord wants to carry it to the next platform. Um, he's ready. And he says that we're ready. And now I wanna say this, this doesn't mean that we're gonna lose our relationship with one another because that's the most valuable thing. So I want you to know that because the Lord had told me years ago, he said, there'll be a small group of people They'll be connected together and it, uh, there'll, be a, there'll be a time that'll shift. And I thought it would be here and there and all those phases we went through. And the Lord said to me today, he said, you've come, uh, you'll come at the beginning of the year to the phase 12 platform, which is, if you've looked at any of my work there's, that he gave me, there's 12 phases in it. You've come to the place of, you're coming into the place of phase 12. I always wanted a phase 12 platform to go out, outside of these four walls, but out on a big, which will be a big public stage. It'll be a stadium stage is where it's headed. He's like, I wanted a phase 12 platform because men have built on inferior platforms to do works for me, but I never wanted that. I wanted a, I wanted a platform that I would build that only the Lord could build uh, for mankind to express this image of who he is, the full reality of who he is to his people. And in phase 12, it's called the extending of the galactic crown. So the idea is I believe that the Lord wants to extend his kingdom on a broader scale. Uh, I can't disagree with the Holy Spirit. He's led us in a pioneering work. Uh, Collider was developed and built, which was a, is a phase 10 ministry. It's not a phase 12 ministry. Collider is phase 10. Uh, it's called spinning up the launch vehicle. The whole purpose of Collider was to develop the... Uh, the temple structure and the double helix that we went through to produce a star child, phase 11, which is called the indestructible element, which is a play on words for the indestructible priesthood that the Lord wants to give in the order of Melchizedek to what? To put it on a phase 12 platform to deliver uh, this indestructible life to his people. Uh, that, because the Lord doesn't want a bifurcated, what I mean, a separated high priest from royalty. He wanted to put both together and he wants it expressed uh, on, on, an, on another platform. And I've been given some direction from him to prepare uh, for that. And then, and then you know, I'll, I'll end up meeting with our leadership team and everything and we'll pray together and ask the Lord how to make our transition. But we do. Again, the Lord has said there will be this mobilized group that will come together and, um, and we'll move this to this next potentiality. But we have to. Collider never was necessarily a, we are the church, but it wasn't a church in a traditional sense. I don't know if y'all know that. It's always been pioneering. It's always pioneering. It's always been that way. It, it has from everything that we've done, no matter what, where we've met or located. But, you know, the Lord told me today, he said, just rejoice in this. Because I'll admit last week I was like, oh, now, I mean, it took me by surprise. Now you're saying now. No, no, not now. I was just starting to get comfortable. Uh, and he said, well, it won't work anyways, you know, because he's the one who's leading his work. 
and we're just following him. Um, so today's like, and I, I had to go look up terminus and it means you've come to an end point. It just means we come to the end of a series and congratulations. That's what he's like said to me, you know, congratulations. And It's a little, yeah, I mean, oh, and they, if I understand it correctly, because what she's talking about is the intertestamental period, which was between Malachi and Matthew, Antiochus IV had come in and sacked the temple, uh, which was Zerubbabel's temple, second temple. He had um, made sacrifice to um, unclean animals or pigs uh, within the temple and set himself up to be God. Um, the Hasmoneans or the Maccabees, uh, they came in, uh, they were a Levitical group uh, that came in and said, we're not gonna do, do this anymore. And they risked their lives to basically run uh, that whole group of guys out of there and rededicate the temple to the Lord. Yeah, we're the third temple. Yes. Mm. Oh, I see. Yes, you get it. They, um, they, they found in the temple, or this is what it says in history, they found in the temple, they came in to light the menorah and they found the, a little vial of oil that was only fit to be for one day. They ended up lighting the menorah and it lasted for eight days. And uh, the menorah lit for eight days. And so the fire, the fire lit. And, um, and so Hanukkah was celebrated because of an eighth day reality or a new beginning. Now, I'm not comfortable like blowing on people. I'll, I'll just tell you that, if that's what you mean. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So, it's, um, guest was saying he's sensing right now that the Holy Spirit is wants to blow on every everyone and so let's just receive fire and wind the wind of God's spirit the ruach of God lighting the candle lighting the flame 
Oh, yes, Lord. Breathe on us, Lord. I accept who you made me to be. And say this to the Lord. I accept who you made me to be. I am. Yes, I, am, I embrace. I embrace you and me. <laughs> and I trust you, Lord. I trust you.
Take a deep breath. Oh, I trust you. I trust you. Oh, I trust you, Lord. I trust you. I trust you, Lord. From him and through him and to him be the glory. From him, Holy Spirit living in you, from him and through him and back to him. Opening up uh, the wind of heaven, cycling the cycle of the life and the wind of God, fanning the flame. Oh. Oh, Lord. Oh, fan the flame, Lord. Fan the flame.
worship. I think I understand what the Holy Spirit means. Now, he said this to me, and um, uh, Dr. Vickery may understand this, but he said terminus rectus. And, uh, and I, I, I had to look it up, but it has something to do with the abdominal system. Is that right? So, um, same breath that Anne, that Queen Anne is speaking of, the same breath that lives in all of us, the, the breath, the Lord repairing and restoring the abdominal section to, um, to breathe out uh, this life that's in all of us, uh, to give this life um, like a uh, He's like telling me up there, it's like, yes, there's a terminus of an endpoint. There's also a healing um, in the abdominal cavity area uh, for the purpose of, now I know, for the purpose of breathing, for the purpose of the air that's in you and in me uh, to express this air uh, in the restoration of the abdomen, um, to, to empower this abdomen to uh, push out. Um, now, um, and so, like, tighten your abs. <laughs> Mine are hurting from all kinds of reasons. Tighten them up. Take a deep breath. <sighs> Exhale. Exhale. for the pushing the breathing for the move of the Lord's spirit express his life produce an offspring in the earth that looks just like him oh he longs for this the father longs for this I will awaken a galactic progeny says to me I'll awaken him I'll awaken him yeah, you're right, man. Breathe on him, breathe. Breathe on him. The life-giving spirit. From the four corners of the earth. Believe who we are. Oh, to the city, y'all. 
I was sharing this with Pete Lineker. I said, immediately, when man is restored back with a Starcaster Blaster and a Star Cluster Imperium and given back the rifle tools that we need, the one in the left hand and the right hand, you know, he set up the research laboratory for the naming. And I was telling Pete that over here a few weeks ago. I said, you know, he was a taxonomist. He said, you know what I hear, Carol? Because I said, you know, I, 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 I can't say that the animal kingdom hasn't been named in all of its status and everything. That's not what's going on here, is it? We don't need to rename frogs and giraffes and things like that, do we? And he said, you know, he's like, yeah. He said, I essentially believe this. It's the naming of God's people and his children to name them who they really are. That's the new onomy. I don't know which one it is. Glory onomy. <laughs> the naming of the essential people that we are to reinstall and raise up, yes, the fallen booth of David, the, the tabernacle inside. Uh, this is our function. This is what Starfield Astrocyte is for. It's the naming. That the Lord has a very particular naming on us that we would know, I mean, down to the core of our being who we are. It may or may not be the name that your uh, father and mother gave you, but it's an identity. It's such a deep identity. that It's a knowing like it is, it says on a white stone, a deep knowing of who you are. And nothing's going to move you out of that place. No, nothing. You'll not be moved to the left or to the right. You'll not lose your stability. You know who you are. And it says in the scripture, and my people will know who they are, and they will do what? Great exploits. It's out of the knowing and the naming uh, that our transformation is. So... From the Starfield Astrocyte, the platform of the Lord, a naming, like just cut, you know, right to the core and like right into us. This is who I am. This is who I am. The, the seed has been installed. Every living stone finding its place, the right place. Yes. In a fatherless generation when naming is so important that right now the Lord's got this thing set up so beautiful that so many people don't know who they are. When this message goes out in the very essence of the Lord, hits this human soul. Awakening comes. I've been trying to figure this out and I couldn't figure it out. Fire's coming on that. The lightning-like energy's coming on that. Who we be known as we are known. Fully known. Fully alive. Fully alive.
listen to this word coming that's being brought in and Jeff will give some explanation. Praise the Lord, Psalms 147. For it is God, it's good to sing praises to our God. For it is pleasant and praise is becoming. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcast of Israel. And he heals the broken hearted and binds up their uh, wounds. Listen to this. Well, he counts the number of the stars. He gives names to all of them. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You're saying that he counts the stars and gives names to them right after he's talking about going in the depths of our abdomen into the healing of the brokenness in our lives. And then there's stars set with names. How does that make sense? Who is this God? takes the most broken and weak places in our lives, the places that could never amount to anything that couldn't even exist. And somehow, those are the places that shine like stars. And he actually gives names to those places that were totally without even like being or form or identity or anything. Who is this God? to the fatherless in his holy place in his holy dwelling he becomes a father to the fatherless
from the womb of the morning. Shine forth. Break forth. The people breaking forth into singing and praising you, Father. Know who they really are. Oh, in you, give you honor. gospel of this kingdom shall be preached in all the earth and then the end will come gospel of the kingdom advancing the Lord bless you the Lord keep you Lord, make his face shine on you. The Lord, be gracious to you. The Lord, write his name on your forehead. Amen. the night. 